With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Wow. Wow, that's amazing, Jerry. I know you have some other good news as well. Oh, yes, we have a wonderful uh, news coming to us um, from um, the colleges. Uh, uh, colleges in uh, computer science is, is enjoying popularity boost in some of the colleges around our country. A lot of the students now are loving to enroll in classes uh, teaching computer science. Um, one, of the, one of the schools out here uh, in California is Stanford University. Um, they're one of the top schools in the nation, and they're, they're saying that uh, most of the kids are coming in, enrolling, and they can't keep, they can't keep them out the school doors. Uh, they're just enrolling in computer science, and um, this, this, this is great because a lot of the kids want to be scientists. And I just I'm glad that America is starting to take a a, a good role in the worldwide leading education, and um, this is great that the kids are, are enrolling in computer science. So I just wanted to give a hands up. We're we can we can uh, bring America back to number one in education again, and we continue down this path. But I think in order for us to bring back America down this path, Jay, I'd not say that America needs to partner up with other countries as well. I think that's important too. Would you say that? Or you don't agree? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right because we, you know, the, it's, a, it's a global world now. We, we can't just think of us, and you're absolutely correct, Gail. We definitely need to partnership up with other countries because other countries have great ideas too. And by us putting our two heads, are always better than one. So you're absolutely correct. Um, we need to do that a lot more, too, and not be so uh, self-centered. And uh, so I work along with the other continents and countries and uh, teach the world. That's so cool. So I know you had a, another special story for us, and then we have Devendre Pillay, who's on waiting. So would you share, you know, for the next two minutes about that? Because that was is really some cool information, I thought. Yeah, well, albums, they said, you know, Back uh, when albums used to sell a lot, um, you know, you could sell 10 and 20 million copies. You know, Michael Jackson sold 40 million copies. But that hasn't been eventually the case in the 2000s in this last decade. But now it looks like eventually they can sell 10 million copies, which is great for the music industry. Usher, by the way, has just sold 10,000 copies of his, uh, it's, it's one of his albums. And it's, it's, it met the 10,000 mark. And, um, and Adele is approaching 10 million copies. So that's really good news for the music industry, Gail, because now a lot of artists have a chance. I mean, because right now, you know, with all the downloading and all the Spotify and streaming of music, people don't usually buy, uh, they don't usually buy an album. You know, they usually cherry pick. And I don't know if you cherry pick through songs. I just want that song, and I just want that from there, and I just want that. So, you know, full, complete compilation albums don't sell. And so this is great news to hear now that Adele, which she sold like almost, she's like 9 million point five within her first year. And that's incredible. That's wonderful news. And so I'm just happy to hear that the music industry is on the upcline. They now have a chance to sell. If you make a good album, if you make good products, you have a chance to do it. And uh, Adele has shown that, and so has Usher in his Confessions album. So let's hear it for the music industry. We're making a, we're making a comeback. Thank goodness, because that's where we're going. We'll have to talk more about that, Jay, as well as next week's show, okay? That's wonderful, okay. Yes, we really have to get your feedback on that and, you know, the new direction of the industry. It sounds like you, this is the first time I've really heard you have some optimism about the industry. Am I, am I right on that? 
this is the first time, and it's wonderful to hear this because uh, people are starting to buy, and uh, kind of, the economy looks like it. Maybe the economy is starting to come up again. You know, when people start buying. You know, they want to have part of the artist now. So that's great. And uh, I am very, very yeah. optimistic that this is we're starting to come back. Oh, thank you, Jerry, because when I hear you say that, that sounds really great. So without further ado, we're going to bring on our friend, Divinjury. Divinjury, how are you? I'm so excited to have you back on again. Uh, hi, Gail. Can you hear me? I'm just testing. Yes, you're actually live on the radio, Divinjury. Okay, great, great. And we're so happy, so very happy to have you back on, especially after your show and everything. Oh, wow, yes. so great. It was wonderful to meet you there, and did you enjoy it? Yes, we surely did. And we have the injury. We are dying to get right into the questions with you, as I'm sure Absolutely. you can imagine. You know, yes. going to your event was amazing. Jay, I wish you could have really been there. It was so great going to... United Nations on that day and, and being a well, Avenger show. Well, that's wonderful. I wish I could have been there too, so. Your event was a rousing success for Nelson Mandela Day. Please share with our audience what the focal point of your event was about, Avenger. Uh Well, it was uh, Nelson Mandela International Day on Wednesday, the 18th of July. And uh, it was held at the UN in honor of the legacy of Nelson Mandela, specifically to uh, celebrate his very humanitarian style of leadership and inspire the audience, which was largely comprised of young leaders as well as uh, many leaders of NGOs who were interested in further developing their own leadership style. And so we had a beautiful audience uh, from really a variety of different backgrounds and cultures, uh, doing wonderful service in different fields, all come together to celebrate Mandela's leadership style. And um, it was also an opportunity for the audience to start to honor the potential within themselves to actually take forward this legacy and carry his uh, vision and his mission uh, forward into the world. Um, we were very fortunate to actually have the Consular General of South Africa recommend a young leader from within the South African Consulate in New York to come to present on the legacy of Nelson Mandela. Her name was Lebohang Mokwena. She is um, a young woman. She's just turned 27, and I think it was really appropriate that we had a young South African leader to present on the legacy of Mandela because the whole aim of the program was about how to take this legacy forward, and there was one comment that she made in her presentation which really struck me, really touched my heart, because she said that uh, what she, uh, as a young person, has taken from uh, the life and legacy and example of Mandela was uh, pride in being a black South African and uh, embracing her own beauty as a human being and not feeling inadequate that black is not good enough but having that pride inside of herself that she is equal and that she is capable. And so that was very inspiring. Um, and to complement the legacy of Nelson Mandela, we also had various mature elders from within the community who were promoting the life and legacy of other world leaders to join us, and we gave them an opportunity to showcase and highlight um, uh, 
the examples of great leaders like Nelson, um, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, there was somebody from within the Brahma Kumaris who gave a very beautiful presentation on our senior who's called Daddy Prakash Mani, and she's had such a wonderful impact on us at the Brahma Kumaris in terms of our growth. And there was also a presentation on a very unique leader from Europe that not many people know about that I recently found out about, and I wanted his example to be showcased. It's a man by the name of Janusz Koksak. He's late now. But it was actually his uh, writings and reflections and his championing for children's rights that was used as the foundation for the creation of the Convention on the Rights of the Child. And so we had presentations by various people to celebrate these living legends and the legends that have passed and left uh, example with us. Uh, it was really just an absolutely wonderful atmosphere that was created. And actually, I failed to mention that to set the tone of the entire event, we were so fortunate to have with us um, South African traditional dancers that came all the way from Washington and that kicked the event off with the South African traditional gambut dancing and Zulu dancing. And uh, Gail, I'm not sure if you were there for that part of the event, but it just completely transformed the atmosphere. They were so warm and they were so engaging. They got the audience to smile and clap along. And they brought that vibrancy, you know, that South African vibrancy into the room, which is really beautiful. And uh, the event ended off on a very beautiful personal note because we had a quiet time for reflection where there was an audiovisual presentation that offered a guided meditation for the audience to really go deep into the whole insight that they were listening to previously and have an opportunity for themselves to consolidate what they just heard and to arrive at a personal statement which they wrote down and that they were going to carry forward as their own promise and hope for leadership for themselves in whichever direction they were going in. So I think in essence that was what the program was about. Well, you know, the other question I have for you, my dear, is, you know, there this is, this is a huge undertaking for you, which I'm sure you're aware of. Yes, and, and you were there with me every step of the way, so you know full well what a huge undertaking it was. <laughs> yes, I was. But I have to say that though I was there and I, you know, supported you, had a lot of people that supported you, but you really had the work, you know, there that you, you did the work. And, you know, I've done events in the past, so has Jay, and we know what it takes. And I, I would like to ask you something. How did you go about choosing the speakers for this event? Um, well, this uh, just a little bit of background about the event. It was actually um, I was doing an internship for an NGO, the Brahma Kumaris at the United Nations, and this was given to me as my project, my major assignment for the time I was there. And uh, I was just asked to design an event that would impact on leadership using Nelson Mandela as an example. And whilst I was researching Nelson Mandela's life and legacy uh, and further going into the details of his leadership, just, uh, you know, it, it was an idea that came to mind and crystallized uh, in a matter of a few weeks that um, it, it would be much richer if it was broadened in the way of including other legendary leaders. And um, I was also very fortunate that my time during the internship at the United Nations has allowed me to really be exposed to many different schools of thought, many different bodies of knowledge, uh, many different wonderful people. 
and uh, you know attending sessions, seminars, events. I uh, I feel I was I have been guided, uh, very beautifully guided throughout the whole experience because uh, it wasn't as if I was having to really go around searching desperately for information. It was almost as if ideas were presenting themselves to me in the form of different interactions, different types of exposure. And so very gradually it all came together. Uh, and I uh, I was definite about which leaders uh, I was comfortable uh, enough with in terms of them being showcased and highlighted. The actual process of confirming the speaker that would present on the leaders was a little bit challenging. And uh, the Drama Kumaris is an organization that teaches meditation and inner peace and so I really made this determined promise to myself that regardless of the fact that I was, um, you know, sending letters of request to many different people and receiving lots of um, apologies and lots of people saying that uh, they are unable to present at the program or they're choosing not to present at the program, I, I just uh, understood it to be almost like a life test for me, and uh, I wanted to stay true to my purpose, and I remember once again you and I having this conversation on holding on to pure intentions, and so it it required a lot of perseverance and determination, a lot of emailing, sending off letters, follow-up phone calls, but it was really a magical experience to see how by the end it sort of all came together, and I'm sure you agree with me that the speakers that ultimately did come forward to present at the event were the perfect people for the job. And uh, you could see their faces light up when they were speaking on the different legends. And you could also tell from the dignity and the stability and the maturity that they held themselves with that they were practical examples of the, uh, the legends themselves, that they were trying their best in their own sincere way, in their community service and in their personal lives to walk in the footsteps of uh, the leaders that they were presenting. Um, and so uh, it was almost like a roller coaster ride, but with a very beautiful ending, <laughs> if I can put it that way. Wow. Um, I'd like to get into the, uh, the question with you, Delendry. Um, mm-hmm. one, of your, one of your speakers, I believe Dr. Chris Frazier of the Martin Luther King the center of nonviolence. I wanted to know why did you cho- why why did you choose him as a speaker, and what effect did he have on you? Um, I actually, because I'm not from South Africa and I'm quite unfamiliar with uh, the resources available in New York, I used the internet as my guide, and so a lot of what I did was web searches. And uh, Chris Frazier's name came up quite often in terms of. Um, a resource based in New York um, uh, working to promote the legacy of Martin Luther King, and that's the reason why I selected him. I did initially try and make contact with a few professors in different universities in New York who were running programs in their different schools um, in terms of postgrad and undergrad studies on Martin Luther King, but none of them were available. Uh, but as I said, I'm actually very glad that it ended up being Chris, uh, Cliff Frazier because he is really a humanitarian. And it was actually such a pleasure to meet him in person and to have a chance to connect with him on a personal level and to chat with him before and after the program. And uh, I'm sure you agree with me. He spoke with such passion. And what he highlighted 
was the commonality amongst all of the leaders and that common trait being uh, the spirit of love that each of the leaders had for the people of the world and how they dedicated their lives because of that love inside. And um, so that that was actually how uh, I connected with Cliff Fraser. It was, uh, it was meant to be, but it was actually the internet that took me to him. Hmm. Interesting. I was gonna also say America. Wanna say Jason? I didn't see you there. Oh no, no go ahead, Bill. I'll wait to you ask you ask your question. No problem. I'm sorry, Mister. We're just so excited to have you, Devendra. Neither one of us can know where to go. What effect has this event you created had on you for the future, personally? You need to repeat that. I somehow just didn't catch what you said. What in what effect? Had this event you created with the Brahma Kumaras University had on you for the future personally? Well, I think um, the the huge impact for me. Uh, oh gosh, Gail, you're probably going to sit up all night listening to me because it had such a huge impact on me. Uh, in terms of the design and preparation phase, researching the example of all these leaders these great leaders, had an enormous effect on, in terms of my personal transformation. I uh, I really, really was so struck by their profound insights and realizations and the stories of their lives and took many life lessons for myself, which I'm so determined to incorporate on a personal level. Um, uh, just to sort of quote one example, it was an interview that I read, a transcript of an interview of a, a journalist with Nelson Mandela, where he was speaking about how he arrived at a point of embracing forgiveness and reconciliation as a method for moving forward uh, and replacing the previous anger and bitterness with um, forgiveness and reconciliation. And that made a huge impact on me personally because I could see the the sense, the good sense in what he was speaking about, and it was almost like the wisdom of an elder helping a young person to become more emotionally mature for myself and to learn about other ways of um, approaching injustice except for fighting. Uh, because I'm sure you're aware that uh, a young person's tendency in terms of approaching injustice is to sort of strike back and so learning about uh, his uh, beautiful, beautiful insights, which he gained whilst he was in solitude in Robben Island, uh, and how he came to realize that uh, peace, forgiveness, and reconciliation was actually the key and not anger, uh, it really, really made a mark on me. And so I'm just quoting that example, but of each of the leaders that were presented when I was researching their story, you know, I took something very beautiful from it. Um, that was the design and preparation phase. And the impact in terms of the actual preparation, um, implementation, uh, I think just in terms of my own life skills, organizational skills, communication skills, I really had to step up, especially because working in the UN environment is not anything that I'm familiar with, and so I really learned a lot. I actually even learned a lot from you. You know, you were advising me on how to adjust my letters so that they would become more um, relevant to the people that I'm sending it to. And so these little things about, actually they're not little things, but the fine details, should I say, about how to actually, um, 
use these skills in a more effective way, that has made an impact on me. And I think taking those skills forward into South Africa and continuing with the community service I'm involved in there, it's only going to make the service richer and deeper and more successful. I'm quite confident about that. And the other impact that it made on me was an opportunity to actually connect on a personal level with so many different people uh, from so many different backgrounds, the speakers themselves, the volunteers that came forward to assist with the program, the people who were there as participants in the audience, and just on a human level enjoying that feeling of brotherhood and that feeling of support and encouragement. Um, And also I think the greatest impact for me was, uh, you know, a, a greater sense of hope uh, when I was given this project, I was a bit daunted. I I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I had no clue who would attend. I didn't know whether we were investing wisely in booking a hall and in, you know, um, committing resources to the program. And, uh, you know, it was really a, a step of courage and hope. And when it all materialized and it turned out so well, uh, it really boosted my confidence, I must say, and I, I left there feeling like anything is possible uh, if you have that determination and if you hold on to your pure intentions. Yes, this is Jay again. Um, I have a question about the youth. For the, for the young people of, of Dhamma Kumaris University, what effect do you think um, the event will have on them in their leadership? And what did you see in their eyes? Uh, I think it was a great source of inspiration for them. And it was almost like um, I I didn't uh, intentionally do this, but it seemed as if I was a pioneer on behalf of all the young people in the Brahma Kumaris, and uh, especially the ones that had the fortune of being part of the team there physically. But there were many people, especially back in South Africa, and different parts of the world who connect with me on Facebook, lots of my friends from the Caribbean, especially Trinidad, were constantly um, keeping abreast with the progress of the preparations and the project. I had so many messages of good wishes uh, early that morning and so many requests for feedback thereafter. And I think it was equally empowering for all of them to actually see how something started off from nothing except a pure intention and eventually what it manifested into. And yesterday, you know, I put up the pictures on a few of the photographs on Facebook, and I had a flood of messages come through. And so I think uh, spirituality is a very very beautiful uh, part to adopt as a young person. But I really feel, being somebody who came into the Brahma Kumaris young as well, that spirituality is not about sitting quietly and passively and just trying to be peaceful, but it's actually an approach that you integrate into your daily living so that you can actually become more effective and more useful and serviceable as a human being. And uh, this entire event, I was quite firm in my resolve to approach it with spirituality, not to get stressed, not to be angry, not to get irritable, just to be hopeful, to be enthusiastic. If something fails, to just pick up and try another route and so all my friends who were connected with me from the Brahma Kumaris were aware of this. And there was one particular young man who was working with me side by side along the way, who is the Brahma Kumaris UN rep for youth, uh, Shashank Mittal. And uh, he made note that uh, we had a little celebration after the event 
that that was what struck him as a young leader, that he, for the first time, saw an event um, being organized and prepared for where there was no negativity and um, there were no uh, negative tendencies being adopted uh, whilst everything was going on. And so he said that it gave him a taste of what spiritual service uh, really is all about. Wow. And so um, I think, uh, yeah, I think in terms of leadership, uh, the integration of spirituality into daily activities and practical organizational skills, life skills, all of it coming together uh, is what would really make a remarkable leader. Wow, this is so wonderful. I mean, it's great that you, you brought together people of various faiths and cultures. What legacy do you, you think Gandhi and Nelson Mandela have in common? What do I think uh, Gandhi and Nelson Mandela have in common? Have in common, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. the question? Yes, okay. it is. Um, I think that they are definitely unique as individuals, but the one commonality that I feel they deeply, that they both share, is um, the ability to self-sacrifice. Uh, the 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 deep deep love for humanity, but also the deep love for truth and justice. Uh, so much so that they are willing to actually sacrifice their own personal comfort and their own personal glo- glory for the good of the greater cause and the greater mission. Um, Mahatma Gandhi's journey was very much a pursuit of truth and um, you know there's this whole movement called Satyagraha which means the pursuit of truth Uh, and it was him that uh, who felt that the injustice against the Indian community especially firstly in South Africa and then especially in India was uh, something that was unacceptable and he obviously took the part of non-violence which, um, as you heard the speaker use that word ahimsa, you know, in his presentation, Dr. Arvind Bora. And then mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela also uh, completely disapproved and refused to accept the injustice and the indignity that black South Africans were being subjected to. And he really believed in the the pride and dignity of being African and um uh, was determined and committed to seeing that through till the bitter end. His approach initially was not the same uh, because, you know, he was imprisoned on three counts of sabotage because there was uh, the armed struggle that actually initially happened in South Africa where um, the freedom fighters uh, actually were using uh, force to try and um, win back the respect that they felt was being stripped away from them. But ultimately, his journey of personal transformation whilst he was in prison took him to a point of ahimsa also in his own way because he he uh, came out of Robben Island, uh, a, a man of peace, an ambassador of peace, calling to the rest of South Africa to actually adopt the way of peace in coming together and to prove improving to the world that uh, democracy is possible, justice is possible. So I think that's the commonality between both leaders. Different journeys, different backgrounds, but that same spirit, ultimately. That's wonderful. Um, 
Uh, moving on to a little bit more, I wanted to know these great leaders, Mandela and Gandhi, what legacy and what effect have they had on you and the things that you're doing today? Um, well, I spoke a little bit about the impact that Mandela had on me, but I think that uh, what I can say is that there is potential within each of us, every human being. I don't think any leader is born, you know. Uh, it's just somebody who has the courage to hold on to a big vision, a broad vision, uh, somebody who has the inner strength and that inner capacity to hold on to their values whilst pursuing that big vision. And so actually it's possible for each of us to become a leader, but not just a leader of maybe a small family or a little department in some corporate sector somewhere, but a leader in terms of really moving and changing things in society. It only takes one person. And once that person is inspired and has struck the right method, the right approach, the right mindset, they have the, the the capacity to actually start to influence in a very positive way other people, and it could have a ripple effect, and it can move a whole nation, it can move the entire world. And so, you know, I'm not even speaking just of myself, but I, I think I can speak on behalf of every young person or anyone who has a desire in their heart to see a change in this world. And I think that that's what uh, these leaders have left me with. It's uh, almost uh, a promise for the future that it is possible. Uh, at the Brahma Kumaris, you know, we have a slogan that when I change, the whole world will change. And so these leaders have sort of created the impetus for me to really see that it is possible that my change can actually inspire change in the world. Wow, 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 wow. This is so amazing. Divindri, we thank you so much. Um, Julie and I have one last question for you, uh, Divindri. Yes, no sure. Two. Uh, one just is a yes or no, and the other one is really about what this will, how this will go with you back to South Africa. So the first question is, will Guam Lakamoris University of the United Nations continue to have events like this for young people? Uh, I really think that um, they should. Unfortunately, my internship is ending, and I'm returning to South Africa in two days' time. Uh, however, I think it has set a wonderful tone, and it's really a springboard to much greater things. Um, the Brahma Kumari's youth worldwide are constantly engaging in different activities to inspire young people. And there is actually a project that has been uh, founded by the Brahma Kumaris United Nations for Youth, and that was launched uh, two years ago called Spotlight Values, um, which is to honor the potential within young people to actually access that deep space within that can um, shine light into the world uh, through their values, and that's the reason why it's called Spotlight Values. And I can see a huge place for Spotlight Values um, taking off uh, in a, a new direction now that the hope and promise of leadership has been introduced. And there's a lot of commonality between both projects, and I can see a lot of room for them coming together and moving forward. So I, I'm quite sure that um, the 
NGO representatives of the Brahma Kumaris at the United Nations will not let this opportunity pass, but will definitely want to work on it and build it and take it forward. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be sure to keep you posted on whatever developments, uh, you know, Thank they you are. So much. And the last question yeah. is, you know, uh, we have only a little more time left. But what will you take back to South Africa with you from this entire experience of injury? Oh, my word. That's such a huge question. But, you know, I, at this point in time, I really feel so blessed. I feel like I can't stop counting the attainments um, on a personal level in terms of a huge shift in my awareness, my attitude, my vision, my approach to the world. Um, and then on a practical level, like I mentioned before, the different skills that I feel I had the opportunity to develop and to refine in terms of my um, work, community work, service. Hello? I think we lost her, Jay. Yeah, I think she um, might have clicked off. But it's just wonderful having somebody like this on our show. I just, I just really appreciate uh, her being a guest on here. And um, I mean, it's very enlightening and just, just really, really broadened my, my outlook on, on things now that she's come over and done all these wonderful things. And um, I just really appreciate uh, you getting her on the show, Gail. I think she's a wonderful, wonderful guest. Well, what did you think of some of the things that she had to say, Jay? Well, I, I like the fact that um, she was, she's teaching the youth how to be leaders, and, and she's saying anybody can be a leader. You know, you don't have to you know you don't have to sit back and just wait for things to happen. You can make a difference, and that's the main thing that she said that really caught my ear is the fact that uh, we all can be leaders. It's not like oh this guy's a leader, so I can't be one because we already have one. We all can be leaders, and not just in our little cubby holes. You know, it only takes one person to make a difference. So, it was one of the one of the main things that she said that I thought was just great that she shared with our audience. Yeah, I thought so too. And in fact, that she had so many people of varying faiths that came together. You know, I thought it was amazing. You know, she ha- and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. She had Doctor Doctor Abande Makuna the South African Council at New York. And she told, you know, there's certain things that Dr. Marquina shared that I did not know about Nelson Mandela. And then we had Dr. Arben Vora, who's from the multi-faith uh, temple in um, Long Island, who is Indian and spoke about the varying things about Mahat Gandhi. And we should uh, refer to him as Mahmoud Gandhi G. So um, it was just, just amazing a group of people there from all varying faiths speaking about this. Patricia Gatling, who is also the um, New York City Human Rights Commissioner. It was so amazing. And, um, you know, yeah, it was. It's just hard to even speak up. It's really hard to speak of. Right, and I learned. I learned. I learned from her. I, I didn't know that South Africa had an Indian uh, community there, and so that's something that's enlightening to me. That South Africa is not just one race; it's like a pretty much a, a, a tossed salad where you have a little of everything there, just like America. It's a melting pot. So that's well, something that I learned. Well, it's not only a melting pot, okay? Um, 
it is South <laughs> so when we talk about the South Africans who weren't allowed in certain places, the white and dark South Africans, it was mm-hmm. not the, the majority of the black and white they were speaking of in South Africa. It was the Indians that mixed in with the South Africans. A lot of people don't know that. You know, I just want to share a couple of things. Um, on the day that I had, and I mean, it was a privilege, so it's not like I was here or I was there. It was a privilege to be invited to two places. Uh, one, I was invited by the Brahma Kumaris University, and the second, I was able to go to uh, Nelson Mandela's foundation, the South African Council. So for me, this was a sheer joy. You have no idea the love of I have for South Africa. Then again, I guess you do, Jay, because we've had a lot of guests on from South Africa. So we're going to today take our audience through a little bit of some of the people that make up South Africa now, like Dr. Konji Sobati, who served as the South, ambassador, the South African ambassador to Switzerland in 08, and then on to uh, France, and is now in another capacity for the South African government. I mean, this woman is amazing. She stands by the youth of South Africa. She makes a difference in South Africa. So to Dr. Konji Sabati, I met you briefly in 08 with my niece, Zaria Brown, and in England to the Nelson Mandela Party. And that brief undertaking, yet never did I know that it would lead me to meet your niece, Lira Lorato uh, Morocco or uh, Lorato Cole, married to Robin Cole, her manager. Alora is a woman that, I must say that when I first met her, we both connected. She was singing at a conference called Medem in 2010. Medem is a conference for music and technology and small business. And Jay, during the time I met her, um, she was talking about the transformation of people. She had a song called Feel Good. And what I was able to find out about Lyra is that we have so many things in common. I, as a woman myself, believe in humanity. I believe that people make choices in their life, and they're responsible for those choices. I believe that in life we as human beings can have everything we want and that we're interdependent upon each other. Lyra is a woman who's not only a, a, a South African artist, celebrated, a Sony award-winning music artist, she is a woman who is going to take the world to another level. She is a woman that represents youth. She has poise and respect, and she believes in her country. But what she gets from her country, she brings to each and every person and youth around the world. Where was at the Nelson Mandela uh, Day for South Africa launching its 46664 fashion show, which is the number of Nelson Mandela's prison number, I believe. If I'm mistaken, please forgive me. South Africa is a country that we can never understand because it's the heartbeat of the world. As China and Asian countries are the manufacturing arm of the world and the U.S. and Great Britain are kind of the westernization and capitalization of the world, South Africa beats at the heartbeat of the world. Lea has been compared to Miriam Makiba, who was one of the people who was so prolific during the 60s speaking about apartheid. If you hear passion in my voice, because there is passion in my voice. I believe in what South Africa stands for because I believe that what South Africa stands for is what we all stand for. We've had guests on the show from Timothy Maurice Webster, who is an American man living in South Africa, uh, he's an award-winning, celebrated author with a book called Personization. 
geared towards the South African people, but affects everyone in rebranding ourselves as human beings. If we've lived our life a certain way, that we can always change it and create it differently. This is so important that we get that as a people, as a people in general, that we're all interdependent with one another. We have Gabrielle Carlson, who is the daughter of Joel Carlson that represented Mandela during apartheid. But we don't know about Joel Carlson as he was forced to leave the country because as a white South African. He believed that everyone was the same. He raised his children. Gabrielle is now an award-winning fashion designer here in New York and all over the world. And she gets her fabrics and everything and her inspiration from her time in apartheid. She had to leave during apartheid. She has never returned to South Africa in 30 years. Along the way, these are some, some of the most amazing people, and I will share with you the coincidences there. But we're going to go on to Jay. And, you know, Jay, just remembering our guest, you know, you've never met Lyra. But Lyra is the most amazing woman. She's poised, she's gracious, yet she is very clear who she is as a person, as a human being, and her South African roots. She grew up at a time during Miriam Akiba, listening to Stevie Wonder and Nina Simone, and this is what's moved her Afro music, you know, there. You've never met Dr. Konji Sabati, but that is also her aunt, and a woman who is fiercely respectful of her country and passionate about her country. She helped bring FIFA soccer there, the building of the stadium there. So, you know, between hearing the injury and some of the guests that we've had, like Gabrielle, whose legacy has been there, Ralph Simon of Zamba Music, who's gone on to be a trailblazer in mobile technology and is also from South Africa. What are some of your thoughts about some of these people we've had on the show and where are those? I know she's never been on the show. Oh, I just think it's just great to hear the strength. You know, these people have went through a lot. They bared, they bared a lot uh, coming from South Africa. And I don't know if I could have uh, done some of the things that they've done there and being so strong and be able to have perseverance. And I just see they're very persistent. And they bring that to America. They bring that, that, that persistence and that strength. Um, we can learn a lot from South African people as they stuck together. Um, they seem to be one country. Um, and as you said earlier, Gil, um, partnership with these other countries will help all the whole globally. You know, when you see a country like that, you see the apartheid, you see how they came through, and you, you see how they all stuck together and how Mandela was pretty much in the dark for a lot of years and he came up and became the president. I mean, that's, that's like a miracle to me, you know. I mean, you come from the bottom of nothing and now you're the president. Um, I've learned a lot, you know. Uh, these people, are, they're wonderful that we have on our show, and I think a lot of our audience have learned a lot. And uh, uh, from Gabrielle, um, her father being the lawyer, that helped uh, Mandela get out and helped the South African people. I mean, it's just a miracle that we had these wonderful guests on our show, and I know all our audience loves to hear all this great information. What do you think about Miss Lyra? I mean, you know, uh, she, her music... Her, the way she, her carriage of herself, you know, you were speaking about the music industry. I think having Miss Lira, and I have to say Lorato, Lorato Malapo, having her music here in the United States will send a shockwave through the music industry that you can carry yourself as a gentleman or as a lady 
and still have prolific music that makes a difference, you know, makes a difference. You know, growing up in, 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 in apartheid somewhat herself and listening to the music and following that through and having a five-year music plan to make sure that not only was her music delivered, but that her music was making a difference. You know, Miss Lyra, for me, I've worked with Gladys Knight. I have worked with Sony. I have done, you know, work with, been mentored by Barry White. And I have to say that Lyra is up there with the Gladys Knight, the, you know, uh, for me to say Barry White, for me, Barry White, you, this audience may know him as, you know, the man with the deep voice. I knew Barry White as a prolific man. I knew Barry White as a man who could really tell the direction of the music industry and stood up to not take a Grammy when he felt that he should have won it at another time. He was a man of a lot of wisdom that our public did not get to see. He was a very private man, and I feel blessed to have been able to get some of his knowledge at the time that I did under his mentorship. So when I say that Lyra for me, as a person, reminds me so much of these people that I have worked with, who I have gained knowledge from. Um, another person is Brother Knight, the, the uh, brother of Gladys Knight, Jay. He is a man who holds to his family values and believes in people in general. So, you know, I want to say that Miss Lyra stands for this for me as well. You know, Lyra is a person I met back in 010, and We've had an acquaintanceship where we see each other at varying times, and we know that, you know, when we connect, we have, a, you know, our good conversation, but she is a professional at all times. I think she'll take the music industry in a different direction. I think she has a message to take, to, to say. And so I to get your thoughts were about Lyra. Now, being a producer, um, I've listened to a lot of her music, and you definitely can hear, you can hear her country in her voice. She's like, she would be like equivalent to Whitney Houston in our country, to the South African or the African continent. Um, I definitely can hear the, I can hear the people, I can hear the children crying out, I can hear the experience. But one thing I really noticed is that um, she always had Mandela as a hero. And when she grew up, she had the experience to sing at his 92nd birthday party. That's, yeah, that's like me. <laughs> that's like me. Huh? That's like me getting, you know, being able to say at uh, Bill Clinton's or Obama's or the president's birthday party, and I've always looked up to him. So that it's they meant to be. She's meant to represent her country, and she's going when she comes here. All of that is coming here, and it's going to take America by storm. I really like the Jay, I'm sorry to tell you, Lyra has already taken America by storm. She's been on Global Grind with Russell Simmons. She's at the 466664 fashion show. Lyra is here. Not is she taking it by storm. The people are starting to hear about her, but the difference mm-hmm. that she's going to make in her music, she reminds me so much of Gladys Knight. It has been a blessing, and I say this to Kenya Love, Gladys' daughter, who I worked with, I say this to former Bill Clinton, former President Clinton, who had the opportunity to work in marketing as a volunteer in his re-election at the time. I've had the, the opportunity to go to the Clinton Global Initiative. Without these experiences, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. Most importantly, my mother just passed away. 
I wouldn't be the woman I am today without my mother, Mary Brown. And I just want to say that because, Jay, the mothers that you and I have, people like Rara, Lorato, Molato, Cole. Okay, I want to say that again. Rara, Lorato, Molato, Cole. The South African woman who's been compared to Mary McKeever, Dr. Koji Sabati, okay? John Carlson, who represented Nelson Mandela, Timothy Maurice Webster, Ralph Simon. These are people who are very stout in the background, yet make the biggest noise in the world about people and connecting with each other, Okay. I mean, you know, it, it, it gives me goosebumps when you speak about Lyra singing for Mandiva, okay? It gives me goosebumps because it's, you know, it shows that our dreams can come true, and Lyra stands for that. And right. You, you have worked with some of the most famous people in the world. You wanted to be a producer. Your, legacy, your father was a well-known um, musician, my mom was a single mother who took care of two children. My brother went on to Cornell University. I have relatives who are lawyers and doctors, engineers. I have some that have small businesses that have done well. I have some that just have regular everyday jobs. But the one thing, I came from a family that was proud to be who they were and know who they are, and so have you. you know. And one thing I want to say in closing is that you hear us saying some of the same things, but for each person, you know, uh, Jay is going to lead, you know, share what Gabrielle Carlson left for him on our show when she spoke passionately about South Africa and people in general. And Timothy Maurice Webster, who spoke about, um, you know, change and moving out to South Africa and how you can reinvent yourself even at an older age. So Jay is going to speak to that. I'm going to speak to Ms. Ware and Konji Sabati. Dr. Sabati, to South Africa in general, to this show. I want you to know it was a profound privilege to meet you with my niece at Nelson Mandela's party in 2008 and to see you again in 2010. What you stand for for youth, South Africa, what you stand for for people. It, 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 it hits to the core of my heart who you are, Dr. Subaki. You continue to believe in each and every person and you continue to connect South Africa with each and every person. Masura, you have become a friend over time what you're going to bring to America and what you're going to bring to this world, you have no idea yourself. I know that God will pave the way and continue to bless you. And, and Jay, what do you want to say about Gabrielle Carlson and, uh, and Timothy Maurice Webster? They're inspiring people, um, just their fight and their triumph, and I'm just really pleased to have him, having a chance to meet them on our show. And I want to have him as a guest again. And I know we soon will. So thank you so much for appearing on our show, Listen, Give. And I hope everything is best with you guys. Please come back soon. Well, Jay, I want to ask you something. What do you remember about Gabrielle Carlson? Remember, she was a, she was fiery. What do you remember specifically? <laughs> I remember colors. I mean, we, we talked about colors and how colors played a, a very important thing when she, she, you know, when she does her creativity. And so I remember her colors affect her personality, and that's what I remember about, about her. And also uh, about her growing up in South Africa, um, seeing some of the devastation there and hiding 
in the house and not being able to come outside and play with some of the other children. And even though she loved the other children, she couldn't be seen with them. And I just, I, I remember that. And when she came to America and, and how she got here and it was, she felt, uh, you know, the, the color, the, the clothes that people wore weren't bright enough. And she's here to brighten up America. And that's what I remember mostly about her, how she talked about the colors, how colors make a difference in personality. You know, you mentioned in your voice here, I'm almost brought to tears myself. You know, um, it's funny that Gabrielle talked about, you know, Gabrielle, again, is, Gabrielle Carlson is the daughter of Joel Carlson, representing Nelson Mandela. And Miss Lira speaks about the same thing. Uh, both Gabrielle and Lira, Lira always talks about that clothes make the person from the inside out, not from the outside in. When you're having a really bad day, we'll talk when I first we'll talk about the difference that clothing can brighten you up and that you're seen by your clothing. Gabrielle Parsons also from South Africa talks about clothing making a difference. Well Joe right. at the end of our show and I mean this has been a really good show. Yeah, thank you for being our co host and working together. This show is very passionate for me as you can hear my work today. Ah, yes, wonderful show today. Great. And for all of you, if you ever want to hear the show, you can hear the show in its entirety at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash listen and give. So it's available in archive format. Thank you for your time. Goodbye, Jay. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.